Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listener discretion advised. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and gamers of all ages, it is us. I am your host, Game Goblin, sitting beside... He's back for a second week in a row. What the hell? This is weird. The Moniker's sitting next to me. How's it going, Moniker? Ah, it's going good. I think this is predicted in the Dead Sea Scrolls. You know, Moniker disappears for six months, shows up for two weeks, world ends. Exactly. <laughs> and I must say that with that beard, that eye patch, and that hat, if the logo of the hat was different, you'd look like some kind of sea captain. <laughs> we are men of the sea. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was going for a lighthouse keeper, and, you know, it's... Uh... Inspired by the late 1800s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can tell. I'm also <laughs> sitting alongside Master and Commander over there. Darth Blasphemous over here. Hail to the dark side. And Kazarkan. Hello. Kazarkan de Lorgling. And we are four game masters, one cup. Wait, what? One mic. One mic. No, that was a while back. One mic. Anyway. I'm not running the Robocock anymore. Sitting over there next to him. Yeah, well, that's, oh, no, that's the wife's Robocock. That's the wife's Robocock. That's his wife's Robocock. My Robocock is at home. We do not touch wife's Robocock. No, do not touch the wife's Robocock. <laughs> <laughs> and if anybody ever considers like an advertising on our podcast, well, that's gone away now. Anyway. <laughs> oh, um, no, we lost that a long time ago with that one Halloween episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, goodness. Just because you said Robocop. No, it's because we overshot the show to quota. No, no, that was both. That was the Naughty Games episode. We overshot a big rookie strand over the show to quota. Oh, someone did. He's over here sawing now, yes. Anyway, we're uh, going to do some more Game Master tips, tricks, hints, insights, and discussion as we normally do. And this week we're going back to the bestiary. Bestiary, bestiary. We're going to talk about animals. Careful there. <laughs> We're going to talk about animals and how a GM like one of us may incorporate these into our world, et al., et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Let's get rolling with this shit. So, if you do not know what an animal is and you're listening to this podcast, the American public education system has definitely failed you more ways than one. Uh, uh, I'm not even sure. Like, well before that, you should be able to ID what an animal look, is. Look, two animals brought you into this world. That's all you need to know. We are so, animals. To put it in a basic way for gaming, these are basic, non-magical, real-world equivalents. That's so, literally, I'm looking at it. It says badger. Yes, there is dire badger. Huh. Yes, there are bats. Yes, there are dire bats. Are there honey badgers? I, I believe, believe that's it. the baseline badger. No, I'm more worried about... shit? Probably not. Uh, I, I'm actually more worried about an encounter where it's going to be badger, 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 snake, snake. <laughs> mushroom, mushroom. Mushroom, mushroom. <laughs> Look at this horse. Mm-hmm. This horse is amazing. Horse is a horse. Give it a lick. Horse. So, animals are, of course, best for you when you're doing a low fantasy campaign, or high fantasy even, but low magic. You want to tone down on the dragons, or the outsiders, or the demons, or the angels, or the oozes, or whatever. 
and get back to basics. Animals still provide a challenge to any player, especially at low level. After all, I mean, one of the coolest scenes we had in 300 was a giant cat getting stabbed by a dude in a loincloth. You know, who, who, uh, when you're playing roleplay, who can't look back on that first, you know, couple games with a new character, you know, and having to go against, you know, a pack of wolves or, uh, you know, pissed off. Wolves are terrifying at low levels. Well, wolves are like a staple of almost any game at low level. It's like, go out there and kill 30 of those and bring me back their pelts. And it's like, geez, right over there, 30 feet away, that pack of wolves? Yes, kill them, but you're the one with the axe. <laughs> um, I got shit to do, all right? I got shit to do. <laughs> and of course, you know, rats. Oh, rats. The bane of level ones. When, oh, yes. When used properly, oh, rats, rats can terrify a town. Hell, even a house cat can terrify a town if it goes evil. Of course, uh, with the animals, we're going to go in with some of the more fun ones. I'm going to start off with my favorite animal to throw at players. Which is? The monkey. <laughs> Monkeys are <laughs> hilarious, and you get a lot of options as a game master. Because you have everything from the tiny little squirrel monkey uh, native to South America, all the way to big red-ass baboons, which are just fucking evil. What about, uh, what are they called? Mandrels. Mandrels are, oh yeah, evil also. It, depending on what task you want or how you're setting it up as a game master, you can have monkeys basically be a nuisance, there it is. a helper, a uh, helper to like a NPC rogue who's stealing your stuff, a little monkey sneaks in in your house in the middle of the night. Apparently they can be monkey swarms. They can be monkey swarms, Jesus. yes they can. Which are just evil on, in their own right. Can I just get some real life context real quick? Literally, yes. the only other animal we uh, that we know of that has had a concept of war is chimpanzees. So, uh, great apes. Yeah. Since the two families are somewhat re- uh, related, great apes and monkeys both. I'm just going to incorporate the two of them together because if an orangutan decides to fuck you up, it will. And if a bonobo decides to mess you up, it will. Also, I gotta say, you'd probably mess up Royal if you got a Bonobo pissed at you. They're pretty chill. No, they're not. No, they can be. All monkeys can be pretty chill. But Bonobos is, are not as chill as people think they are in common nomenclature. Huh. Yeah, they're, they're actually pretty evil little crap monkey. Fucking evil! <laughs> Just because the stat block says neutral, doesn't Although it? Although a little capuchin monkey, yeah, they're adorable. Yeah. So, uh, according to the stat block here, that was pulled up by Darth Blasphemous. For your low-level players, a monkey is only a challenge rating of 1-4. So, one monkey can provide a challenge to one player character. Or four of them to a party of four. Or no. Yeah, four of them is a uh, CR1. So, yeah, that's equivalent to a party of four. At level one. Which At level one. Which is not surprising, because monkeys are cunning enough that they can do whatever the fuck. Well, they can climb trees, they can throw poop, plus they have a climb speed of 30, which means in one move action they can be up a tree throwing poop and rocks at you. Well, you're going to take, like, or three of them to rocks. get up there. Yeah. What if they're throwing poop rocks, you know? They just make, like, a little slush ball of their own feces, throw that at you. Uh, well, you know, if you give it time to petrify it, like, a little time dilation... You know, the poop petrifies in midair, turns to amber, hits you in the head. Yeah. Yeah. Clonk. Ooh, you can make a business out of that. Yeah. Selling uh, amberfied chip poop. That's right. Yeah. There's an idea. I'm a fighter, and my first battle was getting hit in the face with fossilized poop. 
<laughs> but uh, as far as my favorites, monkeys are one of my favorite animals to throw at players or use as a um, odd distraction when I don't want to scare the crap out of them, like say with a bear or a mountain lion or a giant snake or anything like that. Or crocodiles, which are fun. Yeah. You know? Monkeys so are a catch-all. Yeah, and it's be partly because they're going to be found mostly anywhere, in some form or another, right? Pretty much. Uh, in our real-world equivalent, monkeys are native to Africa, South America, Asia. Yeah, pretty much anywhere with a hotter climate, I guess. Japan, yeah, uh, Korea, they're native there. Uh, it's pretty much Europe and North America that there's really no monkeys. You hate to see it. Well, we have enough problems up here without monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I want to go to Florida and find me a skunk ape. <laughs> yeah, if you can find the skunk ape in Florida, more power to you. I will. Okay. I will. I'll All bring right. him on the podcast. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I won't be here for that, um, but yeah. All right. uh, Blasphemous, what about you? What kind of animal would you throw at players? What you got going on over there? Because we got monkeys, we know they climb, they bite, they poop, they steal things. They and use tools. They're... They can use tools. They're clever. He's all scrolling because he doesn't know what he wants to do here. No, I know exactly what it is, but I want to have the stat block up. Oh, you want the stat block for Boomer, huh? No. My favorite animal is a Boomer. Ruin the economy. Made my life hell. I can't retire. Even as an adventurer. I'm level 20. I can't retire. Fucking Boomers. Fortnite. No, actually, it's the Fox. The humble Fox. All right, well, lead us into the Fox here. So, again, it's a CR1 quarter. That's Fuchs. Uh, this cunning yet weary animal pounces on live prey. So you can kind of use that, especially on low level, but they're great for distraction, not so much for combat. Because you're in the woods, you hear something, they get a crap roll, you know, the dice gods look down on them and say, nah, you know what, you noticed there was a fox rummaging through your bag. They're great for having them used in that way, because then you can also run into the thing of, well, they're actually messengers looking in on you used by the spirit world. Let's fuck some malevolent. Mm. Either way. But they, they've got five hit points, uh, speed of 40, which is pretty good. They can outrun most players. You know, they've got a bite of plus one that does a D3 minus one, so you're doing one to two points of damage at best. So they're not really built for the combat, but you can use them. And that's one of the best things, especially when you get down into stuff where the players have, say, a druid and they're using speak with animal. You want to send a message, you can send a fox or a type of bird. But they're they're intelligent creatures. They have well, they've gotten into two, so they at least you know survive. But um, I just really like using them as random sounds in the forest because if they can thrive, they're gonna be there. So. Which isn't that hard for them. Mm-hmm. Can I add something on that note? Um, if I'm curious if you ever done, if any of you guys have ever done this. Have you guys ever heard a fox scream? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever you guys used that to like freak your players out, or you know your players use that to freak maybe say a camp of bandits out? You know because you're in the middle of the woods, you know, especially in a magic world, and you hear uh, something that could use that sounds like a fox screaming. That's terrifying shit. You guys ever uh, try that out? No, but it is a very interesting idea. Yeah. Might, uh, you know, 
might lose out on a few combat points, but, uh, you, you know, scare off some bandits, that'd, that'd be interesting. I, if I wanted to scare my players, I would do tried and true, and that's just rack a shotgun. <laughs> that seems to get cheers to well, put down their D20s and pay attention real quick. I think you, more than just gamers would be afraid of that one. Well, sometimes, you know, you get that one player who insists his girlfriend has to come over, she starts screwing around on her phone, showing everybody memes and stuff while you're trying to run game, little click-click action, attention is had. Yep. Class, look to the front, please. <laughs> You'd be a great teacher, Goblin. I would be a horrible teacher. So would I. So because I would basically want to teach kids, you know, life skills. You yeah, know? Useful stuff. Useful things. I mean, I only know how to, you know, uh, tie a mooring line and, you know, replace the kerosene oil in a lamp. So. Exactly. Alright, let's scroll down, because I think we're, we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. What else? You got an animal you want us to uh, pull up? Yeah. Uh, I was looking at eels. Actually, ooh, I like that. All right, pick one. Well, that's a slippery topic. <laughs> Giant mooring. Uh, Gipper. Let's go for a moray. Ah, yes. What an eel bites your cheek when you're swimming in the creek. That's a moray. Read off the description. So this 16 foot long eel slithers through the water with uncanny grace. Mouth open to display large teeth and a second set of jaws. Which, for those of you who are familiar with mores, that's a lot of teeth. And it's not nice because those second jaws block. They're essentially xenomorphs IRL. Kind of, yeah. It's great. Um, in Pathfinder, they are a CR5 monster alone. They are large, neutral creatures with, with, with moderate initiative and you know, slightly above for perception. Actually, pretty hard to hit. About 52 hit points, which is... It's pretty reasonable. I think where its real strength is, though, is that swim speed. And it's got a gnaw attack, which you can scroll down. No, no, no. No, he won't. He's falling asleep. He's not going to scroll. See, it's all hot and stuff, and Blasphemous is falling asleep because it's Sorry. summertime. We had to go hop in the pool to cool down, and I expended all my energy, folks. <laughs> we swam around for a better part of an hour, and oh, it felt so good to cool off, because it's not as hot as it was, but still it's warm. Yeah. That's right, folks. Coming this summer, the Blood Force Gamers Beach episode. And uh, our swimsuit calendar will be on the way as soon as my speed is no, getting No, no, no. I think actually with the moniker coming back to the show full time, we need to bring back Blood Force Gamers After Dark. Ooh. Yeah. So, the, the giant moray has a gnaw attack. If it begins a round with a grabbed foe, it inflicts automatic bite damage of 2d6 plus 9. A uh, giant moray eel possesses a second set in its throat that aid in swallowing, and it can make a second bite attack with plus 11 and 1d6 plus 3 against a foe it has already grabbed. So that means it latches on. That's automato 2d6 plus 9, plus another attack within that for another 1d6 plus 3. And eels are kind of fun because they're a good way to spook players in a marsh, a swamp, or any other sort of highly aquatic environment. Because an eel is a big motherfucker. It looks big and scary, 
and then you realize that it can, it will most likely drag you down and feast upon your drowned corpse. Those are just assholes. I mean, among other things. Well, yeah, since this thing is a grapple monster, you're definitely going to want to look up the drowning rules before this thing pulls a player character underwater. Oh, yeah. That would definitely help. Uh, well, so, uh, what do you got there, Monica? What kind of animals did we... Would you whip out on your players to uh, have fun with? Mm. Mm. He's deciding. Oh, mountain lions. Hell yeah. Mountain lions? Yeah, let's go mountain lions. You are a bastard. I am a bastard. I hate those things. Exactly, because again, I mean, they got the uh, psychological warfare going from them. You ever hear uh, a uh, female mountain lion in heat? Yeah, I got psychological warfare too. That's why I bought a 308 with close range capabilities. Exactly. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, go on YouTube right now and look up Mountain Lion in Heat. It sounds like an honest to God woman being murdered. <laughs> it is a harrowing, blood curdling sound. But, um. Yeah. Mountain Lions. Mmm. Yeah, these things are pretty brutal. Little light um, vision, scent, perception. I mean, you got yourself a nice little stalker right there. Well, right there, they got 50 feet of speed. <laughs> Ooh, shit's as fast. So they are almost twice as fast as your average person, so they can definitely uh, run you down. Plus, uh, special attacks most cats get. Bounce plus rake. So and two grab. Yeah, plus grab. For all of their attacks. Yeah, so they can go in and uh, first round make three attacks. Bite Claw Claw. Bam, bam, bam. Just Bite Claw Claw. Which, of course, is... It's a lot of damage for a CR3. Like, they're an ambush predator. Yes. And they were skilled. They will scare the shit out of your players if they if they get a first round in like that. If they get a first round in where they can launch all three of those attacks and have them land, it's going to scare the piss out of most yeah, players. Yeah, still has special rules to it, though. It has to be a specific distance uh, range away. For them to make the pounce attack, uh, if it's up close and personal, they can't do pounce. Which makes sense. So, the whole point of it is using your momentum to carry things down. So it looks exactly. like here, just looking at its stats with my one good eye here. Yeah, you're looking at stats with your one good eye. Yeah, because I'm a, I'm a lighthouse keeper. I'm a lighthouse keeper. Yeah. Uh, uh -huh. That's what you want to say? Yeah. He's uh, dressed as one right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just watched the lighthouse. Go watch it. But so, it looks to me, you guys can correct me, they're kind of a... Uh, Glass cannon, it sounds like, you know? Well, they have 26 hit points, which is commendable for a CR3. Yeah. Uh, most CR3 creatures should have closer to 30 hit points, so they're a little shy on the hit point side. Yeah. Their AC is 16, which is actually really good for that level. It's comparable to most creatures. A small initiative bonus of only plus four. Yeah. But having low light vision means that they can hunt at dusk and dawn with really no uh, penalties. penalties whatsoever. Plus scent on top of that, so yes, they can track anybody. But, uh, they can, if they attack somebody, the players drive them off, they can still keep going after the players. And, and they will. Yeah, and they will in real life. They, they're a stalking predator. Which is why their stealth is kind of gross. They have a plus four stealth racial, or plus twelve in heavy undergrowth or tall grass. Which... Yeah. It makes sense. That's their natural habitat. That's what they do. But oh damn! I, I tell you, I, I mean, maybe it's just me being a pussy. No pun intended. But uh, man, even just going for hikes around here, I get I get nervous about mountain lions. Man, they, yeah. Mountain lions are the predominant predator. Oh, yeah. Uh, in our area, bears can be dealt with. 
as long as you see it early enough. Yeah. If you see a bear early enough in this uh, local region, as long as it doesn't have a cub, yeah. chances are you're fairly safe. Yeah. You know, you just got to be able to spot the bear in time. Mountain lions, on the other hand, they will fucking stalk you while you're hiking, wait for an opportunity where somebody else walks away to go take a leak. At any moment that your back is turned. At, at any moment your back is turned and pounce on either you or your hiking buddy. Bite you on the penis. And oh, we actually have a real life story. Yeah, they'll go for the back of the neck, just or like a penis. tiger will. And uh, we have a real life story where the, a gal, her husband got attacked on a trail, bit on the back of the head, and the mountain lion still stalked them over several miles back to their car. And the only reason that it did not attack again, according to the park ranger who had to handle the case when you know, they called in the emergency crew. Sure. Uh, is that she grabbed her husband's gun and pointed it downrange at the uh, trail that they were hiking on and dragged her husband back out, but because they were both facing in the direction of the mountain lion, it would not repeat the attack. But if she had turned around and tried to carry her husband out uh, by like folding his arm over her uh, shoulders and Damn. walk out that way, it probably would have attacked again. And the fact yeah. that it tracked him over four miles during the whole way... Yeah. So she basically dragged her husband out, and the only reason it did not attack again was they were both facing the direction of the cat. Wow. But, yeah, that's a mountain line for you. So in a uh, RPG game, these tactics are very valid. You know, Ooh, there's, a, there's a note here. A mountain lion's hunting grounds can often cover an area of up to 800 square miles. Which puts a lot of credit to this story, isn't it? If that's kind of an accurate statement, and it very very well be, I don't know. Off the These top. are my woods, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for them to stalk for four miles is pretty pretty lean. Like they're, it's a lazy stroll for them. That was a lazy stroll. Yes. Uh, you know, just on, uh, out of curiosity, are there bobcats here? Yeah, in, Some. The, in the game. I, I'd like to. Oh well, well uh, I thought you were talking about here in the, oh. the northwest. Oh yeah, no, I, I know there's uh, bobcats. Yeah, we got bobcats. I'm just curious if there's bobcats in the game. Ah, uh, well, let's get back to animals and see if there's bobcats, because now we're going to get to uh, animals we don't normally look at. Yeah. So birds, boars, cameroons, crustaceans. Uh, no bobcats. No bobcats. Well, no, they're they're under felines, and they're further down. Ah, uh, you know, I, I think actually there is bobcats in. Uh, Pathfinder or Dungeons and Dragons? Nope they, nope, they don't. However, it's not that surprising that you can easily adapt smaller creatures. Yeah, like links would be a, a good parallel between sure. a bobcat. I was just thinking, yeah. Yeah, I, I was just thinking that if there were bobcats, actual stats for it, I was wondering if it's going to be an accredited actor who's been in multiple police academy movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Now there is an evil little bastard. There's one for you guys to look up, because I know what it's like in real life. So let's go down to Fish Barracuda. <laughs> Click on any of those, because those things are bastards in real life. So let's see. F- fucking do the Dire yes. Barracuda. Hold dire on. Barracuda. Toys. These things are bastards in real life. How are they in game? Swim 90 feet. Oh, fuck. You are screwed. Okay, Mr. Monk, you are screwed. <laughs> Huge, sleek, and fearsome, this massive fish shoots much through the water like an arrow through the air, its fanged jaws gaping wide for the attack. Pretty much a torpedo that's alive and with teeth. It is a torpedo with teeth. Yeah. And a hunger. Yeah. Yeah. It's got 60 hit points, so it's definitely above the average there. Swim speed is grotesque. It's melee attack. The only one it's got 
has a grab uh, junction to it, so it has a plus 11 to bite. 2d8 plus 10, so a minimum of 12 damage if it hits. And That's nasty. Man. That is nasty. Well, we're looking at the dire one here, right? Yeah, so this is dire. So a dire barracuda, its special trait is called savage. A dire barracuda deals that bite damage, 2d8 plus 10, with a successful grapple check. Uh, and it grabbing is... onto you. And it gets a plus eight on swim checks to perform a special action or avoid a hazard. Which means on if the players are trying if the if the players are trying to screw with the um, Barracuda back by like, I don't know, throwing spears at it. It gets a plus eight on a swim check to avoid a spear that's like floating downstream at it. Uh -huh. On top of a base plus ten. Yeah. Which means that is a plus eighteen roll to just nope. And they can always choose to take a ten on swim checks, even Which if rushed or threatened. Yeah, so basically it needs to be a DC eighteen minimum. Minimum. Nineteen. DC nineteen, because you have to roll a one. This thing is evil. <laughs> you know, can I just say on an aside here, I'll keep it quick. In real life, though, I mean, don't get me wrong, they're ferocious as fuck, and I would not want to get one angry, but just from what I've heard from uh, some divers, just on YouTube, because I like to watch diving channels, they're actually getting a bit of a bad rep, you know, for the most, I mean, part they'll leave you alone. Okay. Yeah, that, that's what. That's just what I've heard from divers, like, you know, you, you, you have to, like, you know, almost kind of like the piranha thing, you have to be injured and, you know, look like it could take, uh, they could take you, or you have to actually go out of your way to piss them off. I actually was speaking of piranhas. Um, some of the best videos I've seen That's are piranha, piranha fishermen oh, using yeah. chicken legs. <laughs> oh, I've seen those. Yeah, where they, they just put the chicken leg in the water and pull out a bunch of piranhas and throw them in the bucket. I'm like, that is some easy seafood right there. Yeah. <laughs> no, Have you guys ever seen a black piranha? Um, considering the state of affairs right now in the geopolitical spectrum, are we? Where, let's, let's where is on. this going? No, 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 that's an actual type of fish, a black Okay, piranha. black piranha, okay. Yeah, I, I, all I'm saying is, they're, they're still piranhas, but, good God, they look like a one of those deep-sea real ugly fuckers, just living in the Amazon there. Okay. <laughs> they're scary. Uh-oh, Blasphemous is looking up another animal. Oh, He's scrolling. I was looking to see if they had any piranha. Any piranha? Uh, piranha swarm. On the it's piranha right under dunk. The fish, piranha, mature, piranha swarm, piranha swarm, what is it? Okay. Yeah, they have the they have the the fish swarm. It's the second one under fish. Yeah, you're way up there, dude. You're way up there. Up Giant there. stargazer. <laughs> nice. Oh uh, boy. Oh boy. So what do we got here? Keen scent. Oh dear. That's not good. Swarm traits. One d six bleed and distraction. Yeah, I'd be fucking distracted too if I was being. Fucking cut apart in small bite-sized sections. Yeah. Just like in the old Hanna-Barbera cartoons, you know, when, like, uh, they eat, like, corn, you just hear, like, a table saw running and just, shh, gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, like, their teeth are basically, like, fucking tiny, uh, fucking exacto knives in, a, in the shape of saws. So when they bite down, they, they basically, like, scoop the meat out right in their mouth. They don't exactly bite-bite, they just scoop. And they're fast. Skill focus, stealth. You don't even see these little shits coming. Yeah, with a plus 19. Holy mother of God. That yep. is a CR3 swarm. Jesus, fuck. And plus 15 swim. 
Ugh. For my next game, I'm creating. This would be a great dungeon trap. Fuck yes, it would. A piranha pit? <laughs> a piranha pit? You know, you like the characters had the guy go through like a, a pit of water yeah. to get to the other side, but there's a pressure plate underneath inside the pit, which I think a pressure plate trap would be good for a CR3 group. Yeah. But since the pressure plate is underwater, it'd be harder to find for the trap finder. But if somebody steps on it, boom, swarm of piranhas. Yeah, there you go. And Thanks. if there was already a fight lined up in the room before this... And they're they going to smell eat, bloody. They're going to smell blood. And then we see the feeding frenzy, which I kind of want to see. I want to see a swarm of uh, cookie-cutter sharks. Cookie-cutter sharks. <laughs> Sir Blasphemous, <laughs> would you be quite so kind as to scroll, please? Uh, when he wakes up. Sorry, it's too comfortable. I know it's comfortable. I'm trying to, like, stay awake. Don't oh. worry, we're halfway there. <laughs> Alright, you know what? The feeding frenzy. This is all you blasphemous to keep you awake. Okay. Quickly, Against before the audience falls asleep. bleed damage, a piranha swarm deals 2d6 points of damage with its swarm attack rather than 1d6 points of damage. So basically, you're getting double the possible damage. When something's already bleeding and you have a swarm, that's fucking gross. That's three and they D6. inflict bleed. Yeah. Mm. So that's three D six bleed. Unless they got special bleed rules in here that I don't know about. I don't believe so. But still, I mean, even in like D and D terms, bleed plus swarm is just gross because that's three D six a turn. You ever wonder how chum is made? That's how chum is made. <laughs> And a swarm is six to ten individuals. Oh. The biggest treasure in the end is the fish fry. The fish <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can make fish fries. Fish and chips. You found Golgar's uh, cup of endless batter. <laughs> hey, the best part is, though, is once you uh, finally kill off that swarm of piranhas, you guys will be eating well. Because you're going to be one party member down, and the fish are going to be well fed. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, fucking terrible. All right, what, what do we got for other animals here? Uh, no, that, that no, that's just evil. No, no, don't do not put the mouse over. No. Oh God. This is probably big bus. If you are playing anything in an Africa, Egypt-like area, this is your number one go-to for a dungeon boss. I sure hope you bless the How rooms. does this thing get into a dungeon? <laughs> Half aquatic dungeons. Come we on. are looking at a behemoth hippopotamus. Or as one of my African friends would always tell me, hippopotamus. That's, yeah, th that's how that's how you like I, I asked him one day I was like hey you know is it really true you know over in Africa that hippopotamuses are you know really dangerous he's like what and I was like hippopotamus he goes you're pronouncing that funny it's hippopotamus huh yeah you, you know yeah. he might have been fucking me I don't know well you know I believe him because on that note um pulling a story from the moniker's past uh, I think I mentioned uh, I used to be uh, Catholic and at my church one time, we had a priest who was from... Some geography fag's gonna kill me. Kenya. One of the countries in Africa where they had hippos. And um, he went for a walk with um, a friend by the Snohomish. And he hadn't been in the States long. And he was legit terrified to be by the river until someone told him there are no hippos in that river. Because he said, hippos will fucking wreck you. <laughs> he said he's heard, you know, from his town, people just... Taken by hippos, just yeah. 
avoid. They're they're among the most dangerous animals over there. Yeah. Definitely, especially when you're near water. And of course, Blasphemous has to click on the behemoth <laughs> the version. Big boy version. An immense behemoth of a hippo is larger than an elephant's. Its teeth are like scimitars, and it moves with an indomitable gait. I like him big. The only thing that would I make like this thing worse is just armor plated. What yeah. if I give it construct traits? Oh, oh dear Jesus. God. I mean, this thing, <laughs> this thing is bad is enough a... already. So let's put this in perspective. And psionics? This motherfucker is a CR-10 out of the gate. This is a this one creature is enough for a party of a party of four level ten motherfuckers. This motherfucker is a purple tiger tank with AC of twenty three. Not that I would know. Naturally, and hit points at one thirty three, which is above the bell curve. Uh, forty two plus fourteen plus sixteen versus non magical disease. So ha ha, <laughs> screw your mummy rot. But what I want to know is it's got this defensive ability. Sweat. Uh, it has a speed of 50, and its bite is plus 17. Fuck To do that. 4d8 plus 13, with 19 to 20 plus grab. And it's got trample. And a reach of 15 feet. You know, if you come across one of these things in your dungeon, you might as well bend over and ask for it gently. Like, <laughs> that is your defense. It's got a plus 10 stealth underwater. I would hope so. Its CMB is 21, plus 25 grappling. CMD is 34 versus trip. It's a quadruped. That makes sense. But its base is 30, is 30 against everything else. Yeah, screw your trip, monkey. <laughs> screw your trip, monkey. It doesn't even expound on the abilities. Oh capsize. God. Capsize and trample. Yeah, capsize and trample. So it knocks the boat over, and when people scramble to the shore, it just follows. Yeah. So basically, the, this dungeon is one of those rare outdoor dungeons. You have to cross this uh, river delta portion in a boat. <laughs> I really want to make like a Amazon-themed campaign now. Yeah. Although oh, what's really so interesting about okay. the listing here is it does not list a swim speed for it. It has a standard speed of 50 feet, but not a swim speed, so I'm going to guess it's at the average for size category. Still big. Still big. Well, when we click on the defensive ability sweat, it takes us to the regular hippo. Normal hippo. Which is, by the way, half the CR. It is a CR 5. A hippo's reddish uh, sweat protects it from non-lethal damage. For, uh, from hot environments and gains a plus two racial bonus on saving throws against non-magical disease. That is what sweat is. Oh, I was hoping sweat would be like something cooler. Right? You know, like if the monk what? tries to grapple this thing, it's going to be too slippery or something. <laughs> well, so let's look at capsize. Uh, a hippopotamus can overturn a boat of its size or smaller by ramming it as a charge attack and making a CMB check. The DC is 25, or the result of the captain's profession sailor check, whichever is higher. Can I, can I paint you guys a little picture? Mm. Yeah, go ahead. Paint me a little picture. Okay, then paint you a little picture. Yeah. A little happy tree. A little happy tree. So your party, nearing the end of the dungeon, enters an old room. It's made out of old brick. <clears throat> Lots of moss in the 
vines hanging down. Even the mangrove trees around have started to creep in and erode away. You notice on the ground, though, buried in the mud, bones. Look like they've been there a long time. And then you see, dimly lit in the back, two tiny little ears like... Just and as they're around, the behemoth hippo rises from the swampy water beneath. Roll for initiative. I was actually thinking something else entirely there for a second. How like, was that, though? Like, you get in there, and, like, Thank the you. bricks look old and worn, and there's yeah. a lot of vines and moss around. And as you enter the room, and you're looking around, searching for stuff, somebody had put, like, a magical amulet around the hippo that always announces the hippo's presence when it makes a charge attack. So as the hippo comes barreling through the wall, and bricks go flying everywhere, you hear, Oh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I was, I was thinking, Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> well, we're all he didn't run die. through the wall. <laughs> That's the big difference. He didn't run through the wall. Exactly. He'll just run through you. <laughs> Ooh, porcupine. Porcupine? No. No, porcupines are... Do you don't want to die a porcupine? How are we going to challenge a party with a porcupine? Uh, Trap. You, you, Same way you would use them as use the piranhas. There is a cure for porcupines, all right? If I was out hunting a porcupine, it's called forest fire. Aww. Problem solved. Aww. I want to build a catapult or an onager for the town guard. And instead of loading it with uh, rubble or boulders, load it with porcupines. Like giant trained porcupines. Exactly. Oh, 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 here's a good one. Put like a colander on their back, you know? Uh, <laughs> let's say the party's out camping. Yeah. The thief has come. He's raided someone's bag. Yeah. All right. So the, there's a ranger, rogue, thief person out there. He's raided one of the party men's party members' bags and left behind a dirty present. Let's see what happens when they open a bag with a skunk inside. Ah! Let's see what it says on the rules of that. Because it's right near the top. Yeah, right near the top. Oh, and there's also stats for a giant skunk. Just no, no, we're just gonna leave a normal skunk in there. Oh, it's tiny, so about the size of a cat. Uh, let's see, CR 1-4, so I doubt it's going to fight much. As scent, you don't say. As scent, duh. <laughs> Most animals do. Special attack, musk. That's what, that's what I want to get musk. to. Up to twice per day, a skunk can stream a spray of noxious musk at a single target within 10 feet. As a standard action, with a successful ranged touch attack. Nice. A creature struck by this... Uh, spray must make a DC 11 fortitude save or become nauseated for 1d4 rounds and then sickened for 1d4 minutes by the horrific, st horrific stench. Um, a successful save can reduce the effect to only 1d4 rounds and a creature cannot use scent ability as long as it's sickened. I thought it was going to last longer than that because I've heard stories of people having to walk all the way back home reeking of this stuff. Well, they, they say 1d4 minutes, which is an fucking eternity in combat time if you manage to get that far. Well, in but combat as, time, yeah. But as far as like a dirty bomb sort of deal, you get like two of these, you rile them up just enough when they're about to spray, but not at you. Put hey. them in a bag, toss it in the enemy camp, and run. You know, just for some flavor. How about summon nature's ally? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Summon Nature's Ally. This would be definitely a choice pick. You'd get a chemical attack for free. <laughs> and it's a, like, it, it's a one-fourth creature with a touch attack. 
Yeah, that's which what is the, nasty. That's what gets me is it's a ten foot touch attack. Yeah. So if I left, so I said Rogue leaves this in somebody's bag in the middle of the night. They open it up. They're within ten feet. And the skunk sprays them. It's a touch attack. So even if they took the time to don their armor, it wouldn't fucking matter. I would just say, just for the hell of it, if it was me at the table, once they open the bag, I would just have a sound effect of the shotgun talking. <laughs> exactly. Wow, I never knew that more than two skunks put together is a sure fit. Huh. That's three to five. Three to five, yeah, a sure fit, sure, sure feet. Surfet? Surfet? Well, that uh, looks group, French. A looks group like French of style. pandas is called an embarrassment. Is that really? real? Oh, yeah. Huh. A group of Marines is called a gaggle fuck. A gaggle fuck. <laughs> What's a group of officers called? I have no idea. Uh, I can think of some definite words, but... <laughs> United States Army. Guilt learned how to make things more deader. <laughs> Army? Ain't ready to be Marines yet. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so let's see what else we got here. Oh my god, that's another evil one there, mm. but... That's because I'm from the South. Wolverines? No, Snapping Turtles. Oh. You want to see somebody's dick get uh, snipped off, there you go. Just because we mentioned... The they go to, uh, like, take a bath in a pond real quick, Snapping Turtle. What, what are they that barn ain't seducing no one no more. What do they call that? Noodling or something like that? No, noodling is going for catfish. Oh, catfish. Yeah, that's when you use your arm as bait. Yeah, you, you stick your arm in the hole and you wiggle your fingers around so it looks like worms and the catfish will oh, bite down on your forearm. Okay. Then you can pull them right out of the water. Catfish are fucking terrifying. They are terrifying, but they're also delicious. Yes, they are. Mmm, some fritters. Hey, just because we uh, brought up the military, I got a joke for you guys. Hi. Who's the most popular sailor on the boat? <laughs> the bottom bunk? Uh, the guy with the tits tattooed on his back. Yep. <laughs> you ever seen one guy out on the uh, deck of a sub fishing? No. Well, if you do, you've seen the only straight man on the whole sub because everybody else is still below deck fucking. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, snapping turtles, like, on their own, they're CR one-third. They're not exactly fast to react in the regard of initiative. They have sense, they have low light vision, they have respectable for a CR one third perception. <laughs> respectable for for that level. I'm sorry, it's got a CMD of uh, eight versus trip. I'm sorry, but if a snapping turtle is out of the water, you get a stick and you just flip the fucker over. <laughs> you just walk around it, you know, preferably with a buddy that it's paying attention to, you put a stick under it, and you just lift. Problem solved. Snapping turtle neutralized. Then you yeah. continue on with the rest of your quest, and then eventually some EXP points will make its way into your. Or you know, when you flip it over, you pick it up. You, of course, you grab a turtle. You know, grab it by the sides as proper. Keep your hands back more towards the uh, hind legs. If you're wearing gloves, hopefully you won't get scratched up. And then you just stick the snapping turtle in somebody else's face and let it bite. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a living bear trap. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. Um like any turtle, it can pull its extremities into a shell, which changes its AC. Real big shock there. Big shock. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, it's... It is... Why is it only going to do one point of damage when, a, when it bites you? I have no idea. 1d3 minus 3. Yeah, like, that is 
one point of damage is not the loss of a finger. Okay, so these are definitely underpowered monsters. We found an underpowered one. Really good if you're running a super low level. If you're running a super low level campaign, like Commodores or uh, pre-level one stuff. Yeah, I could see that. My, my assumption being is, uh, I don't know, maybe they just assume the player characters are wearing like leather gloves or something, or you know. Leather gloves? Yeah, like thick enough clothes that, you know. Well, part, well half of the Snapping Turtles um, is the, the jostering thumbing. Yeah. You know, the, the crush power. Yeah. The other part of it is the fact that it will, it, the, the gloves will help against the cutting power of the beak. Because yeah. the, the, the Snapping Turtle's mouth is shaped to actually like tear chunks and shear. Gloves will help slightly with that. But the crushing power is what breaks the bones in your fingers. And, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's not a fun experience. I think it's funny in real life that alligator snapping turtles, you know, the ones that look like real life Bowser, those are the actual uh, docile ones. Like, uh, they'll just kind of leave you alone. They look intimidating, but. They'll chill. They, they got better things to do. Dude, actually, I wonder, out of all of these animals here, Blasphemous, mm -hmm. there's one animal we gotta look up because we gotta pay homage to Florida Man. Uh, and I actually want to see if a alligator. There, I saw it in there. It's has a climb speed <laughs> because okay. I've seen pictures from Florida. I think you passed it. <laughs> I just gotta see it. So it's not under the lizards. It's further down. Uh, um, no, we're in the O's, dude. Nope, you're right. We're well, in the Bembe. I like yeah. it. Yeah. There, there we go. I saw a crocodilian, so they're in the seas. Yeah, uh, crocodiles is a, a good uh, parallel. Uh, no, crocodilians. There you go. Crocodilians, alligator, right there. Bam. Gator. Gators. CR two. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, CR two hit points twenty two. That's fairly average. Swim of thirty. That's good. Sprint. Yep, they definitely have that tail slap for sure. Special attacks, death roll. That's when you are fucked. But did they have climb? They do not, not have climb. Why do they not have climb? I have seen these things literally on video. Scale fences. <laughs> like cyclone fences, man. It's like the kids are out playing baseball and a, a, a gator's just climbing up the side like, ain't no thing. Welcome to Florida. Welcome to Florida. Like there was one where it got, there was a, a alligator climbing up the racks and shelving to go rest up on top of the coolers where they were storing the drinks. Yeah. And then took a shit. Wasn't that the one where he took a shit afterwards? I don't know if he took a shit, but I know he's just like lounging around up there. Yeah, because I, I remember seeing one. It did exactly that. It climbed up the shelves, get up on the, the unit, and like knock stuff off to get there because it didn't give a shit. Oh, the and, then took a, and then took a literal shit. I think like, I, I, from, the, from there to the floor. First of all, based. Second of all, I think that was a monitor lizard. Either way, it was very. I don't hard. know. I've seen gators climb shit on video. Yeah, yeah. So. No, I don't doubt that. It's Why does it not have a climb speed? Or the, uh, climb as a skill? Uh, it has a DC 15 climb check. While it's in water. Yes. To, to clamber up high enough to bite at someone this close to the edge. Within five feet of water. Yeah. And not he, within this. Not within five feet of a beer cooler. Because <laughs> otherwise, this thing would be like super lethal to dwarves. Yeah, right. If enraged or hungry. Um, I think they need to remove the word if and just say always hungry. <laughs> <laughs> they're eating machines. They're prehistoric eating machines. And they don't stop for shit. No. I mean, alligators and crocodilians are just proof that, you know, evolution it just kind of worked for some. 
just kind of works. They just stop. They're like, all right, good enough. I've got a good enough point. I'm an apex predator. Fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. There's not much more you can improve on this. Yeah, so. there's not much more. I always wanted to see if I had climb speed. But still, it's a good creature to throw at players, especially since we're doing, like, a lot of Swampland monsters Narwhals. here. Narwhals. Narwhals. Mm. What? Narwhals, Narwhals. I don't think Narwhal is listed. There was a Narwhal? There was a Narwhal? Yeah, further up. Citations. Right there. It's, uh... What the f... Yeah. Right above, uh, common whales. And below orcas. Okay. Like an underwater unicorn. They have a kick-ass facial horn. Yeah. And the Jedi of the sea. They stop Cthulhu eating me. Yes. Well, you brought up narwhals. Tell us more about them there. This small whale lacks a dorsal fin and has pale, mottled skin. Its most notable feature is the single tusk protruding from its face. Alright, so it's a large animal. Uh, plus three initiative. Uh, has blind sight. Uh, wow, that is a long range of blind sight, too. Yeah, 120. Under yeah. 20 feet. Uh, low light vision and perception plus 12. Uh, 80 foot swim speed. Jesus. Special attack. Tusk. As well as a bite of plus seven, and you know, let's make a note. It's right at the bell curve for SCR three with thirty HP. Yep, yeah. right at the top of the bell curve. It's the good number. All right. It is strong as fuck though, with a strength of twenty one. That's its best stat right there. Yeah. Uh, apparently, it can't be tripped. That's a surprise for a whale. You're right. Uh, expert. So they hold their breath. Uh, equal to a number of minutes. Equal to minutes. Equal two times its constitution, because they are a whale, they still need to breathe oxygen. Yep, so I'm going to hold this breath for up to 28 minutes, according to the stats here. Let's see, Tusk, a charging narwhal, that's just funny to me, can make a single gore attack with its tusk in place of its normal bite attack. If it hits, the tusk deals 2d6 plus 14 points of damage with a 3 times critical multiplier. Ugh! That's pretty gross. That thing crits, that's a fuck ton of damage. But then again, it's basically a harpoon with fins. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say that if you pissed off a narwhal, you, you must be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or you're Japanese. Or you're dealing with Fey Enchanted. Uh-huh. Elf Tamed, which is, I wouldn't be surprised, or other aquatic... Aqua Elves, yeah. yeah. Aqua Elves are another aquatic, or, you know... Nearby, or goddamn yeah. deepkin, Some, something to that effect. But I could see them taming one. It's smart enough. It's, yeah. it's well, okay, in two, but in two, but with certain spells, especially on the druid or cleric list, yeah, you could make it a friend. Uh, yeah. So you know, and they can show up in a single, a pair, or a pod, which is anywhere between three and eighteen. And what you do is you command all 18 to charge the same person with a tusk attack. Yeah, there you go. So that would be 36d6 plus 14 times 36. Or no, 14 times 18 and times 3 crit modifier. Whatever that is, it's gonna... It's going to hurt. No, actually it looked funny because, you know, if you did it to, like, say... A kaiju. It would step out of the ocean with all these narwhals sticking out of its skin. <laughs> <laughs> Tails just flipping pathetically like... Yeah. 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 We just turned Godzilla into a dartboard. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. You just imagine like Poseidon or something with like a narwhal. 
Decided throws a narwhal at you. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, goodness. What, what are we looking at for next here? There's a lot of aqua creatures. Yeah, I was looking for something non-aquatic. Non-aquatic? Yeah, that's a good idea. Non-aquatic. What do we got this non-aquatic? Let's see. Skunkers? No. We haven't Hedgehog. actually... You know, we haven't actually done Where's anything avian. So let's find some birds. Hedgehog. A hedgehog is not a bird. Yeah. No. No, he just runs really fast. All right. Uh, uh, you gotta catch them all. Pokemon. You know, up. let's go with the classic um, murder of crows. I was gonna say, do they have cassowaries? All right, so this is a whole murder. Please. Not just one crow, a whole murder. Oh, gods. You wanna read that off there? A screeching, cawing whirlwind of buffeting wings, clawing talons, and pecking beaks. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> a bunch of angry crows. Um, the swarm as a unit is CR3. A bunch of tiny animal swarm. Uh, Half damage from slashing and piercings. In, uh, among the swarm traits as well. Among the swarm traits. Uh, melee swarm 2d6 plus distraction and eye rake. Okay, I gotta see what eye rake does because that sounds really nasty. A murderer crows fights to the death. Hey, this is a um, encounter made for player characters, right? I've used several murders of crows in tandem in an event, and oh boy, yeah, that so, was a fun day. Eye rake. Any living creature damaged by a murder of crows must succeed on a DC-13 reflex save or be blinded as the swarm scratches and tears at the victim's eyes. The blindness lasts for 1d4 days or until healed with removed blindness. Yeah, that's uh, gonna fuck over a group, because this is a CR3. That is gonna screw a party. Yeah, and mind you, the swarm shows up in... Solitary, a pack, which is two to four, or a murder, which is five to ten. Swarm. What is that? A double homicide? Yeah. You get a murder, murder. Yeah. That's... You a... So you're gonna find a murder of crows. That's a murder of crows. So it's up to five murders at one time. Double murder. Ugh. A spree kill. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Killing. No, no, because it's five through ten. So I guess on the low end, you're going to have a pentakill. Yeah. <laughs> right? But that eye rake is... That is McNasty. That changes the whole uh, combat encounter right there. Eye rake could like easily negate one if not two players. Easily. Yeah. Because then you're fighting with blindness on top of a creature that has half swarm. damage and swarm traits. Ugh. So unless you have blind fighting as a feat, you're screwed. Yeah. And... They also have distraction on that swarm attack because, guess what? These motherfuckers are right in your face. Aha! This is the trap where you, uh, where you have that tunnel filled with piranhas and the pressure trap below. But up above, there's, like, vents. That oh, are, that's cruel. Yeah, that if you mess with them in any way, shape, or form, it will release our murder of crows in the hallway. Which <laughs> are now pissed because you just fucked with their their housing. Yeah, you just fucked with the murder, the, the murder of crows' housing. They start biting you, they eye-rake you, and then suddenly piranhas. <laughs> oh, that is some dastardly druid craft, and it's not even that hard. Nope. Ah, uh, oh, that's hideous. Or what I you do it. is you make like a, a big glass beaker, 
Yeah. Right? With it with like a, a flip top thing thing trap. You know, so it'd be a really easy trap to get past. But it's got a flip top, so when you're walking across it, you fall down inside of the glass beaker, which is filled with a murder of crows. Which of course kill the crap out of you. Because you just fell into their nest. Yeah, you can't climb back out because the walls are glass. But at the bottom is a little drainage for the vampire to collect your blood and gore. <laughs> so basically the dungeon's a giant food processor. <laughs> and again, imagine how horrible it would be if you just made them all constructs of a type. Yeah. <laughs> just add legacy or legendary as a template. Yeah. Legendary murder of crows. Fuck y'all. That's some dastardly bullshit, and I love it. Although the strange thing is, they only occupy a space of 10 feet. When every time we've seen a murder of crows in like a movie, it usually takes us in closer to like 40. Yeah. Well, again, they're talking about only 4 to 5, which is individual birds. Or 5 to 10 individual birds in a murder. When in reality, it's hundreds, if not thousands. Yeah, like. Yeah. Once, crows find, once, once they find a nesting zone. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, and then they have to screw it up with the last line. A raven swarm is a disorienting mass of angered birds. Raven swarms have the same general characteristics and habitat of normal ravens. Last I checked, ravens and crows were not the same thing. No. No, they are not. Somebody did a copy pasta. Yeah. Didn't edit their work. What's our final thoughts on regular vanilla animals? Well, I hope that the examples that we gave today show that normal, regular animals still have a place in fantasy role-playing. That they can still be effective if used as any other creature. It's clever thinking, really. Like, if you're using animals as a way to deal with your players in some way, be clever about it, and chances are good it'll work. Because mm-hmm. everyone's on guard for like, Oh, the big scary monster that's got the magic and the thing and the thing and the flight and the thing. And, and they're not going to be as, like, they're not cognitively going to be thinking of animals as a big threat. Well, and animals... then, you, then you sidewind it with one of, with something clever, and they'll, they will rethink that in a heartbeat. Yeah, animals don't need to be at a combat encounter every time either, because like you were just saying, be clever with them. And as uh, Blasphemous pointed out earlier, a fox can come by and steal shit in the yep. middle of the night. Or you can use an animal, like I said, put a skunk in somebody's bag. Yep. Or even when you get into the realm of familiars, think about how to use them. Exactly. That's my final thoughts. Game Goblin, going back to my crypt. Uh, who wants to go next? Well, I gotta go with my final thought, which is simply... Don't be afraid to use animals in unexpected ways. And remember, templates are the best thing they ever added. So put as many templates as you want, but try and make it fun. Uh, look up a cougar in heat on YouTube, and that'll scare the shit out of you. Uh, back to the lighthouse with me, Moniker out. Then a lair now. Nice. Took you long enough. Right? Don't worry, it's not his. He's just sleeping with the owner. <laughs> that would imply he's getting some. Well, I mean, <laughs> out of the four of us, only two of us are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, savage. Suitable. I'd say that smart plays with animals, because much of the time they're relatively cunning in their own right, especially if they've had to deal with 
sentient creatures around them. They'll pick up little tricks and idiosyncrasies. We've all known that, you know, raccoons are figuring us out, and squirrels use roads as nutcrackers. They'll literally just throw their nuts down, watch cars go by, and scamper over, grab their nuts, and leave. Tea. Yeah. So, animals are clever, and they will adapt to the environment and populace around them. So just because it has a low int score doesn't mean it can't be clever. And that's that's a big takeaway to remember. And with that, Kazakhan back to the skies. Fatherland, Fatherland, show us a sign Your children have waited to see 